Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast. I am your host, B.H. I will read from you Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Forbearance, by the way, means patience. Um, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I wanted to make sure that I started the podcast off by reading Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, because... The subject of today's podcast is change, and um, the main theme that I'll be be um, expressing repeatedly is that a number of things change in life. There are reasons for a lot of things to change, but these things, the fruit of the Spirit, are things that are, are opportunities. These are resources that are available to people have been available to people prior to this generation and will be available to people as long as life exists here on earth. Um, Let me, um, you know, we're living at a time approaching the holidays and because of, you know, what I do for a living, I realize and have realized for a dozen years or so, actually longer than that, that the holidays are really, really challenging for some people. I am, I can acknowledge, I make no mistake, make no bones about it. I am extremely blessed. I am very, very blessed. I'm uh, available to experience love across a lot of, a lot of settings in my life. And it's not because of good choices that I've made or because I'm, uh, I've been very clever or because I've been distinguished Uh, in any kind of series of choices that I've made, um, I will acknowledge to you that I am favored and and I appreciate those favors. And because of those favors that God has blessed me with, because of his grace, I can tell you that, uh, again, there's so much love in my life, so many love coming in my life from so many familiar places, so many, um, people and personalities that have been in my life for so long. And the fact is that throughout life, 
some people, you know, we meet new people, new people come into our lives. And unfortunately, but realistically, people that we love and have loved for a long time come, you know, eventually move out of our lives for a number of reasons. And those that's why the holidays can be so rough for some people. Um, but, you know, again, holidays aren't the only things, you know, that are synonymous with change this time of year. We've got the holidays. We've got the change of seasons. Uh, we've got the change in the time. Um, you know, uh, as far as how we're telling time right now, that's changed from maybe a month ago. Uh, we've got political change. Um, so I wanted to make sure we talked a little bit about change. But again, remember reminding everybody that the fruit of the spirit always has a place in what we do. So I wanted to the I want to pull from Ecclesiastes chapter three to kind of um, elaborate on this point. And um, and and again, remind you guys about the fruit of the spirit and what we need to do to have the right kind of change and to give each other the right kinds of opportunities to endure these tough times that we all experience. And Ecclesiastes chapter three reads, you know, I'm starting with verse one and I'm only going to read part of it. But it says to everything, there is a season, a time and a time to to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gathering stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What I've just read, again, is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I've just read verses 1 through 8. And that is an awful lot. That's a whole lot to digest. As Christians, there are certain things that we, that we believe, whether we're... Um, new Christians, whether we are Christians that strive to apply um, the fruit of the spirit in every relationship and just certain relationships. We're Christians when we're hurting. We're Christians when we're sad. We're Christians when we're confused. And this world uh, that's not Christian, they also share the same feelings we do. They hurt. Um, they get confused. They get frustrated. They get fed up. Um, 
they get betrayed. Um, Newsflash, Christians, there are times when you betray people that are not Christians. Christians, newsflash, there are times when I, I'm a Christian, I'm not going to say you guys, there are times when I've said something that isn't totally true, and I have disappointed people. I have let people down. So as Christians, we need to know that the same things we feel, other people feel. And the Bible says there is a time and a purpose for the things that we experience. The Bible doesn't say that we are always going to enjoy the process of learning from the situations that God puts us through. But the Bible does give you the realization and lays it out there and says there's a time for all these things. All these things that I just mentioned can give you, you know, can lead to a functional purpose. Before I go too further or too far, I don't want to start to ramble. Um, I want to talk about something that's really important that jumps out, and that's verse 8. And I want to put it into context. Verse 8 says, there's a time to love and a time to hate. Now, hate's a very strong word. And when I think about God, when I think about the uh, people that are in my life that care about me and the people that I really care about, when I care about the communities and the country that I live in, um, hate is not something that I want to do. (laughs) Hate is not something that I want extended towards me or anybody that I care about. So I want to make it clear my belief of what this is. And please talk to somebody that you respect spiritually uh, um, about, you know, about this, about this, you know, operational definition that I'm going to share with you, um, whether you want, whether you accept it or not. I think that in this verse where it says a time to love and a time to hate, I think about that and I put that into the context of other things that I've read in the Bible where I've heard of, of something that you usually don't hear about in the regular world that you that you and I live in. It's something called righteous indignation. Righteous indignation, again, kind of loosely defining it. It's when you know that you are in the midst of something that is contrary to the will of God and you choose absolutely and passionately to have nothing to do with it. I believe that in verse eight, when it says there's a time to love and a time to hate, I think that the the part where it says a time to hate is more in line with um, uh, righteous indignation than it aligns with the typical definitions of hate that we think about. For example, um, hate crimes. Um, when it comes to um, being mean-spirited and belittling somebody else. I don't think that's the type of hate that is described here. But that word, you know, is there for a purpose. You hear hate, it gets your attention. I'm just telling you something that makes sense to me when I read it within the context of the the bigger body of work. Um, And... There are times when you when I am in the midst of something that just ain't right. And, you know, praise be to God, I can acknowledge that there have been some times where multiple 
times. I'm not going to say once or twice. Um, there have been several times, especially in my youth, where I was doing something that I had no business doing. It was flat out wrong. And there were people in my neighborhood. A lot. Some of the things I did, even though I got my butt whooped for a lot of stuff that I did, there were some things that I did that my parents never knew about. They'd still be whooping my butt if they knew. But in those situations, almost without fail, there will be somebody in my community, uh, like an older, an older peer, or a um, or a group of people would show up in the midst of me doing something I didn't have any any right to do, and somebody would step up and say, "Hey, what are you doing? That's not right." Stop that. And the message was pretty clear. It wasn't a soft, well, I know you're doing what you want to do, and I don't have the right to uh, make you stop. But if you really think about it, I think that you should know it wasn't that. There is a time for that. And sometimes Talking to someone that does not want to accept love, that doesn't want to accept discipline, they need something stronger. And I'll talk about that in a, little, in, a, in a moment. But without fail, when I was way out there, somebody would roll up and say, hey, no, stop that. Stop it now. And it would be something about something about the word, the voice, when those people would step to me and tell me straight up, this ain't going to keep happening. I'm looking at you. And it's not just that somebody else is looking at me. They're speaking from with the power of God. God speaking righteousness to my foolish ears and saying, this will cease and desist at this moment. What's the matter with you? And really, I think that the fruit of the spirit, among the other things, is about learning how to do that when it's necessary, because there are certain things, certain things that we need to do that are so difficult and so and require so much hard work that being politically correct and turning your back to evil is not going to is not going to get us the results that we want but you know a time to hate i told you a time to hate a, a time to hate is to have righteous indignation to step in to have courage to speak with the authority of god and say no more not in my presence and not in our presence because Thanks be to God. Sometimes when we have to stand up to situations, we don't have to stand by ourselves. Now, again, let's talk more about the fruit of the spirit. Why is it so important? Why is love so important? And again, two minutes ago, I just mentioned that sometimes sharing with your words is not enough to change somebody's heart. Saying what's true in your heart and just waiting is not going to change 
somebody that is absolutely determined to do what's wrong. And, um, and you know, I sent something to my wife earlier this week, and I'll share a little bit about what I'm talking about. You know, hate can chastise hate, but only love can cure and transform hate. People can spend a lifetime ignoring or rejecting every type of discipline that you want to throw at them. Sometimes people can choke on chastisement and interpret it as an extension of hate. This is why love is so crucial for our families. Believe it or not, hate takes a village too. The courage, dignity, resiliency, peace, and authority of love is most evident when it is offered in a multitude of different ways across multiple settings. And part of part of what I meant by those words are we are all finite beings. We all have a finite amount of energy. We all have a finite amount of abilities. And when someone else's strength kind of coincides with where, where I'm weak or if somebody else is fresh when I'm tired, then that message of love can be continued and possibly applied differently than I was able to apply. And when God gets the glory, when that person changes their behavior from, from wretched to righteous, that is where it, that's where the glory should go anyway. It shouldn't be a matter of how much and how hard I work. It's a matter of does God get the glory from it? A lot of you, a lot of you are parents. A lot of you um, have people that work for you. You're, you have positions of authority and you understand that you can offer, you can train, you can wait, you can give chances, you can do all sorts of things. And the, and the person or the people on the other end have to be willing to accept it. And again, because of what I do for a living, there's a such thing as burnout. The best way, and I'm, I'm not even saying this is um, that this is foolproof, but the best way to avoid burnout when you're trying to do what's right is to make sure you're not trying to do it all by yourself. Find good people to share your burdens with so that you can make sure that you have, you maintain a good attitude, that you're aware of when and where you're becoming fatigued and could possibly could possibly uh, take a step back being in good company being able to share what you know to be true and listen to what you know to be true sometimes burnout the some one of the signs of burnout is we get so consumed with what we think we ought to be doing we have a, we start to as we're talking out we don't always listen to what somebody else might be trying to tell us that could make our job a little bit easier. You know, um, you kind of become more of what we're fighting against. So although change is inevitable in this world, although we will, what I need tomorrow might not be the same that I needed, um, that I needed three weeks ago. The fruit of the spirit is always there. 
And the more, the more frequently we allow God to share that fruit with us and guide us with that fruit, then we give ourselves the better chance to endure our challenges, to respect and appreciate our journeys, and to appreciate the connections that God is wanting us to have and wanting us to save and wanting us to improve. So I know that I talked about a whole lot of stuff. I started off, I was talking about change and talking about how the holidays can be difficult for some people. You know, um, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Families, families that create that kind of spirit become communities that create that kind of spirit. A community that has that kind of spirit of righteousness, a spirit of 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 God among them day in and day out as we're learning together. Those communities can be there for people that's trying their best, but not quite able to get through to their child. I might not be able to get through to my child for any number of reasons, but if I have good connections with other good people, my child might respect somebody else that's a little different than daddy. And they might be willing to hear them say the same thing that they're not willing to hear mom or dad say. But that is the kind of village that we need. We need that kind of love to replace the hate, the confusion, and the excuses that had us tied up and and try to choke out the innocence of the people that we're trying to save. So this is the end of segment one. Next will be Z time. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rock, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Outweigh our gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. All right, welcome back to the Nine Points Podcast. You are now in Z time, and tonight I am joined by a person to my left known as King. King, say what's up. What's up, people? How you doing there, King? Doing good. All right. Well, tonight, um, this is just going to be a continuation of the first segment, but tonight I'm going to be touching with Generation Z. Um, I don't know if Newbie's going to join us later on, but right now I'm starting off with King. And the theme, again, is change. 
So, King, um, in the first segment, I was talking about change, and uh, I gave my opinion of change and how it relates to what we need to do. And what do you, when I say change, what do you think about? When I think of change, I think about switching from something old that you're used to doing, and then, and then going on to something new, something new and different. Okay. Now, I know that a lot of times change can be something you look forward to, like, oh, I don't know, there's not anybody here that got a uh, cell phone or a video game one year and, um, and ever wanted another one, a newer one. Am I right? Right. You know, good and well. Whoops. You get something one year, and the next year you're like, oh, I know I wanted that, but really this one, this one is the one I really, really need. And if I get this one, everything's going to be fine. Am I right? Nah. Nah? Oh, okay. Well, it just seems like sometimes my experience has been that change isn't, at times we can look forward to something that's supposed to change and say, I'm hanging in there and I'm doing enough for right now. But I'm looking forward to a change. But then there's also times where change is, can be kind of intimidating. Um, sometimes change comes along that we're not planning for. Sometimes change comes to us because somebody else or something else presents itself in life and says, hey, guess what? You have to adjust right now. Um, tell, get, I mean, when I, when I think of, if I ask you the question, tell me two changes that have happened in your life. And tell us if they were good changes or bad changes. That um, let me see. I gotta make it simpler. Two changes that you weren't expecting that you ended up having to adjust to. Did they end up being good or bad? Give me two examples. This is the f- this is going to be the first example. The first the first example that I'm t- going to tell you. I won't get too specific about it, but. I used to be in MSD before since I'm on the spectrum but but since I was since I was doing such a good job in my classes and grades and getting good grades it's been determined that I don't belong there and and it wasn't until I reached high school that there was those resource classes and I wasn't expecting to be removed out of them and when I found out that I was going to leave, it I was pretty depressed for several weeks to come. And and I purposely kept flunking around, making bad grades, but by the end, even though I didn't pass the grade, even though I did pass the grades, I tried to get low grades during my ninth and 10th grade year, but Towards my 11th and 12th grade years, I've changed. I'm much more mature and responsible. and But still, I do miss MSD looking back. But at the same time, I am, I am glad that I can graduate with a diploma. And that I can have opportunities to enjoy my life with full freedom while following rules and here's another change that I didn't expect well preschool 
I remember vaguely since this happened over 10 years ago. But but I still but I still remember the first time when I had to get on the bus since I was used to being around with my parents with my parents a lot. I It was it was a foreign experience for me to go. So and I waved goodbye and then left and then came back home. It was quite the experience. Because you had been so used to being around us. Yeah. Just, or at least around somebody in your family that was familiar every time you went somewhere. Right. 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 You know, I want to ask you to go back again to um, the first couple of years in high school. And it was like, I know that you really felt comfortable where you were at. And there was nothing wrong with where you were. But I wanted to make sure that you did as much as you could on your own. And your mom felt that way. And it was like, I remember those years because in your heart of hearts and multiple times per day, you would let us know in uncertain terms that we were ruining your life, that you didn't want to be in our world and you were fine in TJ world or TJville. And you told us that multiple times a day. Now it didn't change the fact that we had a difference of opinion and in the end, even though you didn't agree with us, even though you didn't agree with us, you knew that we were doing what we thought was best. Is that right? That That's right. Yep. But even if you're dealing with somebody and you think that they're trying to do the best that they can, um, why is it so, why was it so hard to do your best? Well, number one, since number one, since third grade, I only had one regular class I went to that wasn't an MSD. Other times I was just with the other times I was just with them. And then and that's how it always felt like and it was easy. But then, but then first semester high school, I was still in one, one regular class, but was, yeah, it was another regular class. It was then until I was told that I, there was going to be another class that I would have to go to. And that was my first English class. And I didn't like it. But I quickly got used to it. You know, do you think that one day, uh, if you took certain classes, that is there a part of you, any part of you, that thinks that you might be interested someday in like uh, in being a teacher or a teacher's assistant, where you could help somebody that is in the position that you were in in the eighth grade, where they needed to be where they needed to try to see how much they could do and, and just needed a little encouragement to get out of their comfort zone. Do you think you would want to teach somebody how to go through that? 
Probably not, because I don't think I'm teacher material. I have taught a lot of people some things, but I don't think I don't think I'm that type of person. Okay. I was just wondering because I know that I know that people people can't pay attention to you, dude. People pay attention to you. Um and I was just just curious. But it just seems like most people don't think that if it's something that's going to help me that I would actually do my best not to uh, not to do everything I could to help myself. But the truth is that sometimes change can make us afraid. And I don't know what all you were afraid of, uh, or I, I think I know you said that it was having to get used to new friends and having to get used to new surroundings let you know just completely being away from all of them but is it that you overestimated just how difficult it was going to be or was it you underestimating your uh how much you think you'd be able to do i was underestimating myself and honestly i wanted to believe i wasn't that smart i i honestly wanted to believe that i wasn't capable of having any having any of those resource classes but but look where I am now okay well what about looking looking forward you know you're going to continue to be facing changes some of them that you want some of them that you don't want and Hopefully, what I've seen the last year and a half has been really, really, really built, really, um, it's moved my heart. It's It's been really fun, and it's been really exciting. And I think that you're ready. I think that you are right where you're supposed to be. And I think that now that you have confidence and you're starting to do some things, find some things that you enjoy doing, that actually fill your brain with something, you know, with something that you can use. I think that now you're starting to get used to it, get a taste for it. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing you continue to embrace change, lean into change and face it with the kind of courage and intelligence that you've always had. Anything else you want to add before we close? Change, change isn't a bad thing, but some people are more susceptible to changing than others. And some people think it's easier and some people think it's more difficult. I had plenty of easy and difficult changes, but completely moving out of MSD is what I think was the most difficult of all of them. Do you remember what was MSD stand for? I have no idea, but it's another way, but it's another word for something like special ed, special education. But it seems like the, seems like MD. Yeah, maybe MDS. Was it MDS or MSD? MSD from what I heard. 
Might have been. Okay. Well, I take your word for it. But yeah, T, some change is easier for some people than others. And then sometimes I don't think it's a matter. Sometimes it could just be that sometimes change is easier for us in certain times in our life than it is at other times in our life. Sometimes, yes, it's kind of like a lot of things. Different people have different levels, different tolerance levels, different abilities. And then so deep down, all of us are similar in some ways. And all of us have times where we just we just really feel like we need some stability. And this isn't the best time to take that chance. And then there are other people that feel like, you know, I remember feeling like I shouldn't take the chance and I regret it. So now, even though this isn't the best circumstance, I'm going to take that chance because I don't ever want to sit back and wonder about what I should have done. Well, that's all I have to say. And this, the next time you have to do a podcast, you won't have wisdom teeth, and that'll be a change. Mm-hmm. That's how you're going to be talking on Friday when you have that gauze in your mouth. No, I won't. But anyway, thanks for sharing, King. Thank you for your time, people. All right. And since I'm not totally sure if we're going to have a third segment, I'll just end this one as if this is the last part of the podcast. Remember, treasure is to be spent, but wealth is to be shared. God bless you. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into the light, Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land.